Welcome to episode two of the 12 Saturdays 2.0 Electric Boogaloo Reboot. Um, here again with my erstwhile partner, Joel Krauschauer, who I think I'm still pronouncing his name right as I can. No, uh, Kraus R. Kraus R. Like house and the letter R. R. Kraus R. Gavul, I have it. I've got it now. All right. So... Uh, this week's kind of exciting. We're in week zero, finally. College football is upon us. Um, starting to feel a little feisty, which is what I wrote about in my 12 Saturdays. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, my Tuesdays with Torby column this week. So we'll be talking about that a little bit. We have a really exciting and interesting guest that I'm going to let Joel talk about. Uh, but we're, we're, what do you think, Joel? Are you ready for this season to begin? I am. So I have started my, first off, I have a disease and that disease is I'm addicted to the Big Ten Network Iowa Classics. Like, if they're on, I'm going to watch them. So I've seen the 2005 Michigan State game, which for some reason is considered an Iowa Classic. I don't know know why. Uh, uh, or, or maybe it's 2006. It's the overtime game that Iowa ends up winning. Uh, not very important, but for some reason they show it all the time. I've watched that 16 times probably in the last two years because I have it on my DVR too. But I'm also getting into my series that I do because I am a, a, a football addict. I go back and I watch every game from last year at least twice before the season starts. So I started that on Sunday. I've watched four games the last uh, two. Or this is a Tuesday we're recording this. Um, so I watched two games on Sunday night. I watched two games on, on Monday. And I sit down with a notebook and I write stuff down and I do some stuff. First of all, first of all, it makes you a gigantic nerd. And second of all, how can you watch the losses? I don't think I've watched an, an Iowa loss replay ever, maybe. I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, maybe like a good bowl game or something like that. But I mean, how can you actually sit there and stomach watching them poop the bed against Iowa State or not score against Illinois? How do you do it? I, I have to make it a scientific exercise. I just have to make it about the data I'm trying to to rationalize in my head as to try to figure out some sort of quantitative reason for why they lost or quantitative reason for why they probably should have won by more. It's usually a pretty analytic approach. And I watch it on mute also. I don't have any sound. It's just me in the basement, uh, no sound. Uh, and, and that way I don't get mad at uh, a broadcaster or question why that person has the job they have because I wish I had that job. So. So that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm in my rewatch. So I've got a couple weeks here, or 10, 13 days to to get through. I don't always get the whole season rewatched before the week one, but that's my goal. Is I want to watch every game before before the Big Ten season starts. So that's where I'm at with so, all this. Have to rewatch it. One quick question for you: Do do like so? Iowa objectively was one touchdown away maybe a touchdown extra point a three point whatever from being in the big 10 championship game on your rewatch that team had no business being in the position to be in a big 10 championship game did it well deserves got nothing to do with it if we've learned anything <laughs> from unforgiven you know you 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 deal with the bullets that are coming at you and yes offensively iowa had no business being in the big 10 championship game but that defense they had no business all, being in the big ten. They had no business being in the big ten. But conference. the defense, but the defense was almost good enough to carry them yeah. to the championship game. And when you have a defense who can take the ball away, honestly, Cooper DeGene doesn't get a concussion against Nebraska 
that's probably a completely different ball game. So that is, so, and we'll talk is, more about that as Nebraska yeah. week comes around. But well, the, right now, let's bring our, our guests on. Who uh, one of the pieces of feedback we got is some people uh, who subscribed to the podcast commented that I do have a music background. So our guest has a has a, is a musical guest uh, tonight. We have two two people here. Um, are there are featured guests and they come to us from the music realm. They're a band that's taking Southeast Iowa by storm this summer. They rocked soul and beef days. They, uh, they had Fred Durst open for them at the Mississippi Valley fair. And on Friday, September 1st, they will be the opening band at the high porch block party from the trophy dads. Please welcome lead singer, Jacob McCandless and drummer, Matt messenger. Hey, thanks for having us on guys. What's going on? So, Jacob, I'll start with you. Matt, Matt said you'd be good because you're you're you know the front man of the band and you're you're kind of the the showpiece of the group and he's just the the timekeeper there in the back. Uh, but uh, what? So what's kind of the history of the band? Like, how did you guys get started? I mean, Trophy Dads is a fantastic band name, and how the how did this guy you guys all get started? I know there's some West Branch roots to this whole thing too. Yeah, um, it, it it all started, so it, it, it came together pretty oddly, but how most things do come together, I guess. Um, you know, we had a few guys, uh, Matt and a few guys um, were just getting together and as they would say, jamming uh, together um, on Sunday nights, just kind of, that's their hobby, you know, playing their instruments. I always say I'm the least talented on the stage. All I do is sing. Um, so they would get together and they they just jam here and there. Um, and I live in the neighborhood uh, with the lead uh, guitar player. And we were, when I first moved to the neighborhood, we had some late nights, uh, you know, late night parties, you know, hanging in people's driveways or in basements. And uh, he would like to pull out his guitar. And one night it was like, I'm like, oh, let's go work on some songs. I'm like, I sing, I used to sing, karaoke is my drug. You know, I, I went to college, I was in choir, all this stuff. And I said, let's let's go work on a couple of songs and come back and put on a show for people. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. So we did that. Of course, we probably thought we sounded a lot better than we probably did. But um, he, from that point on, just kept saying, hey, we, we really, you should come jam with us. We just get together. We go to the basement of, it was uh, the main stage there in Solon, um, underneath the stage where the band, where the pit is, is essentially a band pit. So we go down there and he used to always say, come join us, you know, just come sing some songs. Here are some of the songs we sang. And I was like, yeah, I could, I'd love to sometime, you know, not really taking it seriously. And um, I have the younger kids of everyone. And finally one night he just sent me the playlist. He said, I'm picking you up on Sunday. You're coming to jam with us. He said, again, we're just guys getting together to jam. So I go and I, I bring a list of the songs, the lyrics, everything. And I jump in where I can and just kind of, um, you know, singing along and, the guys were cool. It was fun. Uh, Matt, then, uh, as I've come to learn, you know, it's kind of classic Matt. He's like immediately texted me afterwards, like, Hey, it was awesome having you. 
Um, you know, these are some of our goals. Like we'd love to do some battle of the band stuff. We've got this one gig that might be set up at this uh, place in Southern Iowa. And I'm like, Whoa, this was more than just jamming, but <laughs> I guess I, I guess I, uh, passed the rehearsal. Um, and I guess I'm in this thing. So, um, that's kind of how it came together. Um, we can definitely tell the story about how the, how the, uh, the, band name came but i don't want to take all the time here but well um, I, we can talk a little bit about that so i've been around music all my whole life a lot of bands start with a guitar guy and a guy who can sing you know they're just singing patience by guns and roses at a, at a red solo cup party you know and they think that they're a rock band and where it all falls yep. apart is no one knows a good drummer or the drummer that they think they know is terrible and everything literally falls apart Yep. You guys, and I, it's really hard for me to say this, Matt, you're a damn good drummer and you're one of the best <laughs> I've ever seen. And I'm lucky that I've saw it from the beginning as many of the listeners might already know, Matt is my cousin. Uh, we literally grew up together very close and uh, you, that's the nicest thing I'm going to probably say on this whole podcast about you, but you, you know, you kind of hold this all together. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why you guys have had some of the success you've had. Well, every band needs one person to kind of take the reins, and it's just kind of my natural personality to do that. Um, and, you know, uh, Jake, our, our lead guitarist, um, you know, he and I grew up together, um, and we had always wanted to play together. So that kind of just was just that natural thing that was happening. Um, and then, uh, you know, our neighbor said hey i got a brother that plays bass he should come join you so that was that was how that was the impetus of, of us just kind of just getting together and jamming and we we're just playing obscure stuff <laughs> um you i mean our first our first show that we played uh at herb and Lou's in west branch iowa um was nothing doesn't even come close to resembling what we play now but we were just playing obscure nirvana uh neil um but we played Neil Young. Uh, just we played a lot of stuff that you wouldn't even recognize. Um, but we knew, we knew none of us could sing, and we needed someone that could sing. So when we we had Jacob come and and just jam with us, oh yeah, it was totally an audition. He had no idea that it was an audition, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then very true. How'd you guys end up getting hooked up with Fry Fest of all things? Um, that's kind of a, a interesting gig, and you're all Iowa fans, is that right? We all yeah. are, yeah. We all are Iowa fans. Um, you know, two two of the two of the guys in the band, Jake and Jacob, uh, are season ticket holders. Um, I have had season tickets in the past. Um, we're all Hawkeye fans, yeah. Um, it's just part of my job is kind of being the drummer slash manager you know i'm always just kind of looking for you know shows that you know it, that are in the area and we're not traveling all over the place trying to play um we've got a, a a radius that we'll we'll stay within um and i'd been to fry fest a couple times i saw pork tornadoes open for the arch allies you know, about six or seven years ago right before the pork tornado the pork tornadoes kind of blew up they were an opening band and i was just always like you know if we could do something like that you know that hopefully that would sort of help us catapult what um, we're trying to do and we're not we're, we're not trying to play um at that level but 
it was just a cool show that I always wanted to be a part of. And just being a lifelong, you know, Hawkeye fan and Hayden Fry <laughs> fan, it just, it was a natural fit for us. And it's, it's in our backyard. So it just made, it made sense. But yeah, it was really just a matter of just me just being a pest. Um, I found out, <laughs> I, I, I found out who the person was. Um, they're just doing some sleuthing online um, of who was the person in charge of hiring the talent. And just sent an email and then didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks, sent a follow-up email and um, she emailed me back um, and they said they were interested. So it was, it, sometimes it's just a matter of just kind of just being somewhat of a pest, um, especially we were when we were early on um, booking shows, you know, when, when people had heard of us, it was pretty, it was a lot harder than what it is now uh, we you know we have a little easier time you know booking shows kind of in our footprint uh for lack of a better word but yeah that one was just literally i reached out and maybe i got maybe i got the booking um person on a on a on a good day but maybe she loved the name i'm not yeah, sure the name but, has something uh, to do with it the name catches people's eye like when you guys played the muscatine county fair last year and i kind of just said to people around the office that that you guys should go check out this band and they're like what's the name i said the trophy dads everybody just got a big smile on their face when you said say the band name well everybody loves the name um (laughs) and then they're also like okay can these guys play like what what are you what are we getting into they have no idea what kind of music we're gonna play um and then they hear us and uh and we run we run the gamut of styles and, and genres, um, but the the sort of the overarching theme we just we just want to play fun music, get people out of their chairs dancing, um, and we don't really care what what genre it is. But yeah, people kind of it's kind of uh, people aren't quite sure what they're going to hear when or what they're going to see when they see us, and then they come and usually the you know the the reception's been mostly mostly positive yeah i think we've always i've always used to say like a lot of the songs we would pick up and and do it's a mix because we have a little mix of age but um also we we just really enjoyed playing some of those songs that you tend to forget you know every single word to or at least think you know every word to it so you know it's it it's fun to see all different ages out there you know singing we just we just played uh um show up in Marion and there was a, a big age gap up there. And I saw this guy, I, I swear, probably in his late sixties, early seventies, singing every word to shut up and dance. And I just couldn't stop watching. <laughs> it, so, you know, Billy Idol's eyes without a face. What's that? You know, Billy Idol eyes without a face. Yeah. So I am the worst at screwing up lyrics and my wife stopped me one time and I'm singing along to it. She's like, what are you saying? I thought it was, I swear to God, I thought it was, how's about a date? I thought it was a guy like singing, you know, saying, how's about a date? Right? It is amazing when you pull up lyrics. I mean, me as a singer, you know, I'll go through to make sure I'm, I'm learning the right, you know, words. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of songs out there where I was like, oh, I was, I was way off. But you can make it sound good. You know, you can karaoke. As big old Jed had a light on, right? Wait, so Tori, were you guys like on a road trip and then like she just like turned the radio down and just like look at you and like, oh, what did you say? 
oh, is that I'm an idiot? Because I, I scruff <laughs> song lyrics all the time. And then I just make up my own if I don't know what they are. So I just kind of like extemporaneize stuff. So it's never good. So she's used to it. But that one was particularly egregious. I used to always go but, around seeing there's a bathroom on the right to CCRs. Right. You but know. I mean, think about it. How's about a date makes a hell of a lot more sense than eyes without a face? How could <laughs> Where else would eyes be like rolling around on the ground? That doesn't make any sense. How's about a date actually makes sense? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So how do you how do you remember all the words, Jacob? Because that's probably always been my biggest trepidation is when I've been asked to like when some of my friends started a Chicago cover band in college because they were all horn players. I was like, I can't remember words to songs very well. So that, that was why I did not take the lead singer role with that. You know, I. I always growing up, like I would listen to a song once or twice and, and I'd remember it. I'd hear it. I remembered when I was, I think third grade and achy breaky heart came out. Like I was kind of obsessed with lyrics in a way where I, we did the old fashioned where you had to record, um, you taped over an old recording tape so that you could record the radio and you'd wait for that song. And I waited for the song and I was the coolest kid because I was like the, what is it now, like Lyric Genius or something, um, where you can just Google it. But I listened line for line and I wrote it out on a piece of paper. And then the next day, like I brought it to school and I was like, this is the entire Achy Breaky Heart song. Um, and so I was just always kind of uh, liked the lyrics, liked it. Um, you had the country mullet too, didn't you? No, yeah. I wasn't. That's you didn't end up. I'm not a country. <laughs> Did you have everyone mullet, Matt? All right. We all had the mullet. <laughs> But you, you, Aiken Hard was in your prom, wasn't it? Your junior year. <laughs> I know. I'm in third grade doing this, and Matt's like, "Wait, that was a that was first dance uh, senior college." <laughs> he, was, he had this. There's he that, he had the CD player in this Toyota Supra, rocking yeah. that thing. But I also don't like. I think as a lead singer, like I'm, I'm honest in the sense, like I mess up. I'll mess up words. I'll, you know, if if I'm missing a line or something, I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at the crowd like that ain't it, or I'll put the microphone out there, you know. So but I certainly mess up and I think that's just I, I think that's another part that, you know, gets the crowd enjoying us. Like we're just we're we're normal we we truly are dads up there just <laughs> doing thing um and not taking ourselves too seriously. Um and so, you know, I think that's that's helpful as well. But I've always had an ear for like the lyrics versus anything else. I can't read music to save my life. I can't play an instrument. Um so really the one thing that I knew I could always do is is memorize every lyric to a nineties rap song if I had to. There you go. Much like Linda Ronstead. <laughs> Love Linda Ronstead. People make that comparison all the time. Yeah, they, <laughs> if you guys open up with Blue Bayou on September 1st, I'm, I'm there. No, I mean, you can cover it. Oh, you know what I mean? Any genre. She do. Uh, I've been kind of on a Linda Ronstadt. Uh, Have you watched the documentary? This, she listens to the sound of my voice. It's fantastic. I, I we we might be the hand that goes from singing My Sharona to Danzig Mother. So oh. it, it, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility that we could add Linda Ronstadt at some point. <laughs> yeah, let's I, workshop that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so only Matt, what's the what's the the one song that you have always wanted to do that you haven't been able to do yet? 
Oh, that's a good question. I know it. Uh, well, we can do this like the dating game. You can write it down on a piece of paper and see if it's see if you got it right. It's always me that has to like turn down songs because Matt Matt likes to make fun of how I I struggle with falsetto at times. <laughs> I happen. To, I don't know if I say. So my fa- my favorite song of all time, um, that I just I think that we would have a hard time pulling off, but I wish we could do. Um, is uh, everyone wants to rule the world by Tears for Fears, um, and I love the Weezer remake of that. I mean, it's pretty much just a dead mess. Yes, that's my it's, Weezer's my favorite band of all time. It's 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 identical. Um, what I think is a travesty is we don't play any Gin Blossoms. So I would uh, I I I've suggested Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms multiple times and have gotten shot down. So I kind of gave up on that one. So but if you're put gun to my head, Hey Jealousy, Gin Blossoms. Is that and what you I love? I love both of those calls, and I, I'm speaking as the elder of the group uh i actually was in i think ninth grade when that tears for fears song came out so um and what's funny is looking back on it we kind of thought of that because i was kind of like punk you know growing up in madison whatnot and we thought tears for fears was just this kind of like real soft poppy kind of band but as i've gotten older and listened to them they had a lot of really great songwriting chops that had a little more edge to them than we ever thought back then. So that that's a band that's actually stood gotten better, I think, over time. But yeah, no, Blossoms can't go wrong with that. Have the Trophy I Dads thought- ever thought about original stuff? Talk about songwriting and stuff. Have you ever thought about writing your own stuff? We haven't. Um, it, it's a time thing. It's I mean, hard I think as hell we- to do too. It's it's hard. I mean, I think we. I mean, our bass player, who we haven't really talked too much about, is probably the not even probably is the most accomplished musician in our group. I mean, he's played professionally. He's been in a, um, a number of bands um, and has gone down that road. I mean, he was very he was in bands that have been very close to getting signing record deals. Um, and I know he does some some stuff on the on his own, just kind of messing around. Um, the talent would definitely be there. We could do it, but you know, we're like we've said numerous times, we are, you know, we're trophy, we're, we're trophy dads. We're dads. We're, it's a dad, this is a dad band. We've got just so many other things going on in our life. And I, I just think it would, it would be really hard for us to, to try to do and, and do well. Um, plus, you know, I like cover bands. I, I, I think sometimes they get a bad rap, um, Hey, you're but, talking to an acapella guy. Like that's all they do is cover stuff. I mean, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, no, I think we could do it. Um, if we, if we had the time, can you play yeah. a pop punk version of end of the road by boys to Met? That's my question. Oh, but I, n- never. I think the question is, should we? <laughs> right, yeah. I would. End- <laughs> that's <laughs> We've we definitely had some of our tries and fails. Um, <laughs> what's and, what's what's the most memorable try? Well, if, if you ask, and this would be a unanimous answer, but go ahead, Jake. No, there's two that I'm thinking. Um, I think for sure we probably overplayed and tried too many times to do like a uh, a punk version of Taylor Swift style. Um, <laughs> 
So that I think would be the number one answer. Where Plus it was you like, get all the hate I, from the from I think the it took people like ninety percent through the song to know what we were doing, but <laughs> it was all in good. You know, we would. I'm I'm a Swifty. I, I she's talented. Um, but that, and then we did. Uh, um, I thought it went over very well. And I think <laughs> <laughs> but this was kind of more as a joke. But we did stay, um, Matt. I, I the Lisa Lord. Oh, yes, yeah, Lisa Lord. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we did that, and <laughs> it did not go over well with one of our with the lead guitar. I don't think really enjoyed that too much. But it was. I thought fun, and we had. Yeah, people singing along for sure. That's well, a great song. Yeah, but I think it was it, it was it was def, it was pity singing. I think. Um, yeah, we oh, it, we did it we did it right before um, the end of one of our sets, and we took we were taking a, a ten minute break. So I went down and and sat uh, right. We got done playing the song, and I sat down um, at a table. My brother had come to the show, and my wife was sitting there, and we I, we sat down and just I neither one of them said anything <laughs> so I, I looked I looked at him and my brother just looked at me and goes what was that <laughs> now nah, that's the clean version of what he said to me <laughs> and uh, I, I actually know Lisa Loeb's brother he was the uh conductor of the Quad City Symphony Orchestra for a while and so so friends were actually uh friends and they had tickets to the show and we were at a dinner party and I uh made the mistake of saying that I was kind of like had a thing for her at a time when the video first came out, you know, with the dirty library and everything. And that I did not I, so I never got tickets or a backstage pass. So Oh no. <laughs> you you'd overplayed your hand. I totally that's true. <laughs> not always the best policy. <laughs> so you the trophy dads are gonna be playing at the Fry Fest on September first, starting at seven PM to eight fifteen at the High Porch block party that is going to be an exciting show that you guys are fun live i was i was i always knew you were probably good but, but my only reviews i'd ever gotten matt were from my parents who are <laughs> are you know 69 and 68 respectively and my dad's comment was oh they're good they're they're loud but they're good and so <laughs> but, but my wife and i were able to make it up to your muscatine county fair show and it was it i'm matt I give Matt a lot of a hard time in our life, and I would, I would, not pull punches if I thought you guys were not really good. You guys are very, 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 very good, and you are a great show, and you guys should check them out on Friday. What do you say we talk about some Hawkeye football predictions here? Since we're on the the cusp of the season, it is cool that you guys are playing at Fry Fest. I know. Iowa football is such a huge part of my childhood, and I know it's a huge part of your childhood as well, Matt. Uh, and uh, and it sounds like we all here are are here for the season, and the Aggies of Utah State are going to be coming in on September second. So this is a good time to do some prediction some predictions and to litigate this, you know. And Torby, I think you were a little. I'm, I'm re- reading your article today. I mean, you're optimistic, but you also you're nervous too. I can tell. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to not be concerned about seeing some sort of semblance of offense when you're the butt of all the national jokes, right? And that's kind of, you know, it was funny is reading all of that rehash is what really kind of ticked me off and made me write my column. And it probably 
impacted my predictions. Honestly, I, I think it they they may be a little bit of wishful thinking, maybe will wish fulfillment. But but I actually do think this is a good team. You know, we talked about it earlier. Um, they were an eyelash away from being in the Big Ten championship game last year in what I would most Iowa fans would call a pretty grim, difficult, not fun season. And that hasn't been typical. Usually you have fun during the season. Usually there's some hope and optimism and excitement. It never really felt like that last year. So, you know, if they were, if their ceiling or if their floor is, you know, being a disappointing team that missed the Big Ten Championship by a game and then went to a mid-level bowl game and won it, that's not a bad floor. And so I think that's a big part of my optimism. So, um as I always do, I kind of broke it down into quads and and I really see Iowa coming out the gate strong. Um, I don't see them losing to Iowa State uh, with their starting quarterback and starting running back out. Um, oh, did you so see Brock I, left school today? He he, right. he actually pulled out of the university today, Jairo Brock, their running That's back. That's wild. That is wild. And so, you know, I just see them going three and zero in in to start the season, and then I honestly don't think they can beat Penn State. I think that's going to be one loss. Um, but then the the key to the whole season is that next four game stretch. Well, let's talk three... about let's talk about the first four here. I I disagree with you. I think they will. I think Iowa goes into Penn State wins that game. I think really? they go four and zero. I think Penn State's got a first year quarterback starting. I know Iowa has a first-year Iowa quarterback, assuming he's healthy. I, I'll, I'll say a caveat. If Cade McNamara is healthy, I think Iowa oh, goes yeah. 4-0 in, in this first quad because I, I just think that that defense, with a, with a guy who's not used to seeing moving windows and Penn State's Achilles heel against Iowa the last two times they've played them has been they cannot protect, protect the passer against Iowa's uh, passing defense. And so that's why I think it's going to go 4-0. Matt, I, I mean, it looks like you might have some thoughts. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that first four games? I think it's hard to pre- make too many predictions, but I know that's what we're doing. Um, that's what you always do. That is when, such uh, a coach when, answer. That is, when, that when, is... When, but I still... If you're predicting 4-0, and um, you're not basing it off of too much um, historical facts. I mean, you're basing it, I think you're basing it off of a little bit of hope. Now, I agree with you. I think I think the Hawkeyes should go 3-0. and um, I'm basing it then, off of the defense and skill positions of the defensive line I saw at Kids Day last week. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would agree with Torby. I don't think I, I, w- I would tend to think that Iowa can't go into to Happy Valley and and win that game, but you know, Kirk, Kirk has Kirk has done things after seasons where you think, okay, well, the, you know, they kind of are on the decline, and then they make the, the the necessary changes, and he's done it multiple times throughout his tenure at Iowa. So I would I would like to think that the 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 additions that they made in the offseason with the transfers and the improvement with the offensive line um, that we've been hearing about. And then, you know, you have a quarterback that um, has had success at a high level. You you would like to think that those are all things that are going to uh, help Iowa trend in the right direction. But, you know, you, you still have um, the same coach that 
is calling the off, you know, calling the play, the run of the offense. Um, and I, I like to give coaches the benefit of the doubt. You know, I do. Uh, but he's got, he's got, a, he's got something to prove too. I mean, yeah, I don't think you can say that, you know, even with the rose, the most rosy colored glasses, that things have been great on the offensive, on the offense side of the ball. So I guess I'm in a wait and see mode um, before I'm going to say that they can go into Happy Valley and win. What are your thoughts, Jake? I'm going to do this a bit differently. So um, my uh, this is this is kind of for my tailgate crew and my seatmates. So some of these home games, when I talk about them, it's going to be. Um, I'll, I'll let you know whether I think they're going to win or lose. But the bigger question is, am I going to stay past halftime or not? So uh, the uh, so the first game, <laughs> I will not stay at halftime. There'll be various reasons why. I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty hot day. I would tend sometimes with these uh, these teams to start slowly, kind of get their legs underneath them. Um, and I've always said, like, I've seen Hawkeyes win a ton of big games at the stadium, and I don't need to stick around to watch them lose bad games. So first game, they're going to win, but it's going to be one where I'm very likely going to just leave at halftime and and listen to that Gary Dolphin uh, on the radio and then catch the last quarter at home. Um, they're going to they're gonna take down Iowa State for all the reasons you mentioned, plus uh, you just always got to say they're going to take down Iowa State. I think that's just what we do. Um, but I, I do think Iowa State, with everything that they've got going on, um, it's going to be one game that we should handle pretty easily. Um, those games are the ones that always scare me. I, but, say, I think that's the reason. That I think Iowa State's the game I'm least confident about on that on that first four, just because how many times have we seen a f- true freshman quarterback or a junior college quarterback who just, no one's ever seen before have yep. one LaFester Rhodes type performance on the football field and that's the only game they've ever won of, <laughs> of meaning at their Iowa State yeah. career. He, he doesn't know what you mean. When you say LaFester Rhodes, he has no idea yeah. what you meant by that. I'll well, agree to think, but... <laughs> he was an Iowa State basketball player who scored 47 points, I think, against the Hawkeyes in a game and never Fire did man. anything else. It was higher than <laughs> that. For the rest of the season or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with state game too is i mean obviously they've lost some big big folks there on the offense side but it's always a defense that can scare you sometimes and and win those games so we know that as iowa fans defense does win games so um but i do think we go in and and we handle business there um we three i will not stay past halftime again but it's because it's going to be low out there's no reason for me to stick around any longer um so again <laughs> Not gonna uh, I'll utilize my time um, elsewhere, and again, listen to that radio and and go. But that's that's gonna be a blowout game, so no reason to stay. Um, and then I'm gonna go in. I gotta I gotta go with um, Joel here and say I think we can go into Happy Valley and win that game. I know where Matt's coming from, but I'm gonna play with the, I'm gonna play this game and say we're gonna pick and choose. And um, normally. In previous years, before the the change of Big Ten schedule, when you had kind of those four cupcakes, we'd like to say we're always going four and zero. So I'm going to say we're going to go start the season four and zero. All right. So I think we're all in agreement. Three and one's the floor. Four and zero's the ceiling. If it's two and two, how how is everybody going to handle that? How are, are people are, are people wanting Trump. Brian Ferentz's effigy hanging from the trees I mean, or how can stadium or what? Yeah, at that point, Joel, it is win out or bust. 
things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you, you, if you start two and two, you better win out. Um, yeah. maybe top at Wisconsin would be the only caveat. I mean, one that. that we'd give a little leeway, but yeah, I think two and two, like we can, we can give the one with Penn state, but beyond that, there's, there's trouble for sure. So that sure. second group of four is Michigan state, Purdue at Wisconsin, and then the home against Minnesota. So three home games and then one road game at a, at a, yeah. our, at a rival stadium that's hard to win at. And to me, to me, Joel, this is the crux of the great season or okay season. And I actually feel the way it sets up, I feel really good about a four and I'll run here because I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Michigan State and Purdue both at Kinnick, right? Correct. But Hudson Card's looking good for the Boilers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no. I mean, Michigan State is kind of, they're both kind of wild card teams that you just don't know that much about, right? But if Iowa has a legitimate good team and you know we wouldn't suspect they do because they're going to have a top defense in the country and what we're hoping is an average offense when you have the big 10 championship winning quarterback at quarterback you have a excellent running back i mean you have some weapons you have some tools and you hopefully have a little experience on the offensive line you only have to get to slightly below average for this to (laughs) keep west on offense you i mean i'm 100 serious they were the worst offense in the country last year practically and they were a, a one touchdown away from a big 10 championship appearance it's crazy so no that, that that's why this these four games matter so you get on a little roll and then you go up to madison and i i think luke fickle was an interesting choice um i think he's a damn good football coach he i think he's the, a really he'd be in my coach. top three at, you know to replace kirk france if there are football gods, you don't get away with getting rid of a coach that's had the accolades that Chris had, the Alvarez era. You're basically taking everything Alvarez built and how he made that program competitive, crumpling up in a ball and throwing it away for a shiny new toy. If there are football gods, that will blow up in their face. Fickle's not a shiny new toy. Fickle, I mean, Fickle honestly should have been the guy at Ohio State. If they didn't have the chance to hire Urban Meyer, Fickle would have been the guy at Ohio State, and he would have won okay, at Ohio this, State. Well, are they gonna Are they gonna have a bunch of three hundred fifty pound cheese eating, beer swilling offensive linemen and some amazing running back and just run the ball down your throat all game? Maybe not Bad, the maybe maybe uh, not the lineman. I know you're from Madison. You're a Badger by proxy in a way, but at the end of the day, I mean Cincinnati, he always had those offenses going. There's lots of guys in the NFL from Cincinnati. You know, well, true, and you know, look what Scott Frost did it down there in Florida too. That that turned out real yeah. great, didn't it? Okay, the gloves well, are off. Well, that's I one one year at Central Florida. He had seven years at Cincinnati that okay. were good. You go, you go five and seven with Ohio State's roster, and you're suddenly going to win ten games with Wisconsin's roster. Come on, man! <laughs> I don't see it. But he didn't have the same the budget game. that Urban had at Ohio State. That's a game we can and need to win, though. I I, and I, I think I you're think right. It's four and zero, oh, but I don't think it's going to. I think Wisconsin's uh, primed to be much more dangerous long term than what you're giving them. 
long term, yes, but they're going to be long term, yes, but they're going to be in a transition phase. So this is a good time to catch them. And we catch them relatively early in the season. Matt, do you go, are you going to go to Madison? Should we make a family road trip and go drink some beer and get rotten hamburger that. thrown at us? I don't think I've missed that game since 1985. So yeah, I will be there. Invite me as well. <laughs> you can all come. We have a dual, we have a very large group. We run a house and it's a half Badger, half Hawkeye crew. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a time. What's your take on this, this second hey, quad, Matt? You're so pessimistic. I'm looking forward to hearing this. Hey, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pessimistic. I'm actually looking at the rest of the schedule and I don't see a loss. All right. But, yeah, I, I don't, but I, I was such a hard team to try to make a prediction for simply because of the unknown, but. Well, and um, I think the factor too is, is if 12 gets hurt, I don't think there's another quarterback on the roster that's a Big Ten yeah. starter right now. Right. I I, well, I would agree with that. Being relative health for all of the yeah. predictions. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it, I, I don't like the <laughs> offense being a house of cards like that. That's that's where I'm having trepidation. You on, so I think I see two losses in the next two quads, potentially. And that's that at Wisconsin makes me nervous. But I think quad three has the most dangerous team on the schedule, and that's Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Illinois, Illinois, Illinois is going to be damn good. Yeah. I think they're going to be really, really, really good. And Brett Bielema is building there a giant middle finger in the shape of a block eye at the University of Illinois to the rest of the world who wrote him off as a college yeah, football coach. And especially North up in Madison. Yeah. And he's going to do be- it with Chicago kids to piss off the Hawkeyes. He's going to yeah. do it with the, with junior college transfers to piss off Mizzou. Like, and he's just going to, he's going to take what was Wisconsin football right back into Madison and potentially win the big 10 West. Yeah. It was the, that was, it'll be hard. Like that last year was, I think the toughest loss, like looking at, like, there's no reason why we should have lost that game. Like, and hands down was the toughest, like field position that we had. We couldn't get points out of it. Like we hand, like we almost dominated that game in a sense, but, and came out with that L, um, you know, the, the last game you talked about earlier that, you know, we didn't make it to the championship. I, I hated the fact that it had to be Nebraska that did it to us, but it was one of those things too, where it's like, <laughs> Oh, maybe it was a little blessing that, you know, we're not doing the big 10 championship. Although I love going to Indy. So I was mad, but, um, and of course I always want to see the Hawkeyes get that dub and, and move on. But, um, I do think I, I'd agree. I think Illinois is, is probably, um, you know, they're just going to get better and better under him. And I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I think the benefit this year, obviously, is that it's at home, um, you know, and so I think that's going to help out a little bit. But I think it's I, I think it might be one of the toughest games, if not the toughest on the schedule this year. Well, so Joel, so Joel had a really interesting hypothetical in the last one. So I had one for this and this is what I wrote in my column, too. I So I pick one more loss out of this last quad. I don't know which one it's going to be, though. I think it's going to be either home against Illinois 
or at Nebraska. And I don't know which one I would feel shittier about, honestly. Like, they would both speak in so many ways because it'd be a two-game losing streak to either Illinois or Nebraska, and both those I don't even want to think are, are about. But <laughs> where, if you had to pick one of those to lose, which one would you pick? Illinois, hands down. Yeah, having lived with three Cornhusker fans in college and having to put up with their 24-7 mouths for 12 months after Iowa loses to Nebraska... I yeah no I it's got if they're gonna lose one of those two games it's Illinois. Am I the only one who's nervous about a Greg Schiano led Rutgers team? What is what's Matt's answer for the for the uh, if you had to pick a loss? Um, if I had to pick a loss, I would choose Nebraska because I cannot stand Illinois. Yeah, hate them with the passion. You feel the way about Illinois that I feel about Nebraska. Yep, yep, hundred percent. But, wait, well, but my but my but my heart feelings are about stem from basketball. Sure, so, and it just bleeds over into football. Yes. One of my finest moments. One of my finest <laughs> moments on Twitter was I tweeted about was it was it who was the keen guy for Illinois played basketball who hit the three pointer against the Hawkeyes in like the nineties or whatever. He hit a Andy he hit, Kaufman. Andy was, Kaufman. Yeah, it was Kaufman. That's who it was. Andy effing Kaufman. And so I was like, I don't, I mean, I'm a 40-year-old man, but I'm pretty sure if I saw Kaufman in the street, I'd punch him in the face. His son somehow found that tweet and, like, tagged him <laughs> in the tweet. And, like, it was, it, we had this little fun exchange. It was all funny, fun and games. But that's probably the high, one of the highlights of my Twitter career. So there's that. It's good to have goals. Yes. Hey, you just, guys are music fans. Uh, Margot Price liked one of my tweets. Ooh, nice. Yeah. There you go. I love it. All right, so we got... Just, go ahead. Better to, to troll Matt every once in a while. Same. <laughs> same. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't been blocked from the Trophy Dad Facebook page for my disdain for Tom Petty. I just delete your... I just delete your posts. Your opinions are wrong. Joel, I've already decided that I like Matt better than you. He That's, likes Tom hey, Petty. Welcome to everyone else in our family. Welcome to everyone else in our family. So the, you hate Tom Petty? I think he sounds like a whiny little bitch. That's oh that's my, my take. Well, he also said the Beatles are, or no, John Lennon's said overrated John too. Lennon was overrated. Didn't say he yeah. was bad. Said he was overrated. I might agree with that. I actually might agree with that. Uh, if you, He said it in a, in a post- that my mother made so i'm like she's my all, godmother i felt comfortable having an open <laughs> conversation with my godmother on social media all right so let's wrap <laughs> this up so for total 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 season i have 10 and 2 uh with two big 10 losses one to penn state one to either illinois or nebraska i don't know who yet but 10 and 2 uh two big 10 losses gets iowa to indy i think Unfortunately, I just can't see him winning that game. So I see him finishing ten and three, and maybe going to a January sixth bowl, hopefully, or if at worst, maybe something like uh, the Citrus Bowl, whatever they're calling it these days. I have no idea. I've got him going eleven and one, losing to Illinois. Jeez. That's my that's my bold prediction. Winning the Big Ten West because Illinois is going to lose two cheap games. That they shouldn't have, even though I think they're better. Uh, I will still go to the Big Ten championship game, uh, and they will beat Ohio State, and we'll get embarrassed wow. in the college football playoff. There's my okay. prediction. Yes, I don't feel like such a Pollyanna now. 
Hey, remember, I was the guy who was laughed off the message boards because I said Jack Campbell's a guaranteed first-round pick. That is true. <laughs> there we go. I think Matt's forgot the order. It's his turn. Oh, uh, 11-1, Big Ten Championship loss. I think they'll be in a, they'll be in the NY6 Bowl. Who's the loss to? Like Penn State. They're not going to Nabby Valley. But I, I reserve I reserve the right to change that pick if the offense looks good in the first three games. Fair. Oh, I love the I love the caveats. Those are... <laughs> so how many of the gonna, home games do you stay until halftime, Jacob? Yeah. So I, I was going to add one more leaving uh, at half. Um, I don't know that I've ever been able to stay a full game against Purdue. For some reason, <laughs> they always do something. And uh, it's one of those teams for sure where I've seen Iowa beat them plenty of times, and I certainly don't need to see them beat us. So that's probably the only other game that I'll be leaving at halftime. Um, and and I can admit it. I, I say if, if I, <laughs> I'm not enjoying where I'm at. I'm at that age in my life now where I can make the decision to get up and leave. So um, I can still cheer from them. Uh, you know, and still be a fan without being uh, on site. So I also will say 11 and one. I want my uh, one to be a floater. Um, I said they would go in Happy Valley. I do think, you know, that's a, a tough one. But, um, you know, I do think probably the Wisconsin game is the one that I uh, would also fear uh, for that. But I also know that as much as we'd love to see that perfect season um, and we've gotten that taste of it multiple times before uh 10 and 0 11 and 0 um you know we're just not going to get it but i do see them in the big 10 championship and i do see uh them winning it this year so i'm i'm just a glass half full kind of guy this year and so um i'm gonna go it's all the way full <laughs> that's a wet hey three quarters full hey you're running down the dream there that's what you're doing <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. and look back at this i'd rather i'd rather be uh I don't know what I'm gonna say. I'd rather be wrong, but I'd rather you know, I would I would rather no. be optimistic and wrong. Like, oh, no. like to me, like the people who I I have in my life who are like, uh, if we if they win eight games, we'll be lucky. It's like, what fun is it going into a freaking season with that mindset? Like, yeah. oh, great, you you you're measured your expectations, and you can feel good if it goes to shit. But at the end of the day, like, oh, great, you're you're freaking eeyore making your predictions you're not i don't want to be around you i want to hang out with jacob where he's well i, I like it that i and here's the funny part is i felt like i was being a little overly aggressive and pollyannish but i mean objectively when you start thinking about things and breaking it down it's like it, it all comes down to this if they can put out an offense that can score 20 points a game they don't even need to make the 25 that Brian needs to keep his job. And I think 20 points a game with this defense gets you 10 wins, like pretty easily. I just would love to and, see him go to the the college football playoff, but Brian still get fired because they didn't average over 25 points a game. I don't want to see Brian fired. Oh, I just, that no, would just be the, that would be the irony of irony to have that happen. It gives you plenty to talk about. I do think that foresight as well with that that new contract looking at how this schedule is laid out it could not be a better schedule sure. um, as it's laid out the first thing to- i would have done though <laughs> if i was beth getz as the new ad the first thing i would have done is thrown those caveats on that contract yeah. out and said we're not yeah. we're not doing this we're going to evaluate him at the end of the season but we're not putting these rubrics on it it's not my watch anymore 
that I wasn't that wasn't done on my watch. I want I want people to be talking about the play and not not the analytics. Yeah, Joel is Joel. Is there any reason why she couldn't still do that? No, like, she could. Yeah, and I think she will. I really do. Yeah, I hope because so. Why- they had to get yeah. through all the gambling things today. I mean, they, they had eleven yeah. players get their their. Uh, they, we don't well, know I mean, who it's a long that, that young men at the University of Iowa and Iowa State University are the only young men in colleges across this great nation of ours that have ever placed a wager. I mean, that's <laughs> well-known facts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would wager to say that we're going to have some opinions on this next little game here. So I, I like to try to end things, and we're going to try to end things with some fun stuff. So one of my hot takes, which I have a lot of them, I hate the Iowa marching band playing Hey Jude at the end of the third quarter. I I am one of those people who hates it. Well, the, well they don't do it anymore. I know, and they I was thrilled when they did it. They need was, to bring it back, folks. What? They haven't done it for years, and they need to bring it back. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't need to yeah. bring it back. It's such a downer to do in the middle of the third, the fourth quarter. But what are... You what are your top Mount Rushmore of songs? So your top five, top four. I know there's only four presidents on Mount Rushmore, but what are the top four songs you would like to hear the Iowa marching band either do, you know, as part of their halftime show or as like a a, a feature? Oh, that's everyone. This is everyone. I want everyone's list. Pat, I'm glad we're keeping the same order, and I'm last because I need to be. Well. I can lead us off. I would like to see him play I Fought the Law and the Law won because I am a giant Clash fan, and that is just a good, up-tempo, fun, sing-along song. So let's throw it. Let's throw some love to the Clash right out the gate. Let's maybe rephrase this. What is one, like, <laughs> halftime show you want to see? Like, maybe name a band or a... Or a or kind of a theme that you'd like to see them do because we all know we love it when it's they do the 19th time they've done the tribute to the Beatles at halftime oh Joel <laughs> what no it wasn't I just I'm just trying to bring some more clarity because I think I really threw a very broad a broad uh, topic out there I'm just trying to create some some parameters I think a Prince medley would be good just not against Northwestern. We don't want to have Purple Rain yeah. when we're playing Northwestern. Right, right. Good, good call on that. But yeah, a, a, a Prince medley. Um, and then, but then cap it off with uh, with Hey Jude. Yes. <laughs> I see what you did there, man. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey Jude's got to come back. A hundred percent's got to come back. Oh, All right. So can I can I can I give an answer for this one too, Joel? Yes, you're the host. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> How about we're playing the Minnesota Gophers and we do a mixed medley and we do Husker Do, maybe a little bit of the replacements, maybe you throw a little Soul Asylum in there, and maybe you finish it off with a little Prince. How that, about that? That would be elite. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were going to go with the Caddyshack theme there and just be like, uh, the, what's the, the William Tell overture. Yeah. No, I'm thinking kill him with kindness. Like, yes, you're artistically, 
you're our superior, but athletically you're our inferior. So we'll, we'll give you a Husker do and uh, we get Floyd of Rosedale. That seems like a fair trade. So Iowa band will become the new Stanford band? Yes. <laughs> I will say we have I was a conference. the only person in the stadium that liked them trolling us at halftime because of how crappy our team played. I stood up and cheered. I'm like, damn right. I didn't hate it. As a music man, I had to I had to give a little credit to how quickly talented. I just love how that I'm not I'm not gonna go down that road. Uh there are people in my household who were pissed about that. <laughs> about that. Uh the for me you mentioned Weezer. I, that's my favorite band of all time. I, but I don't. I, but it would have to not be. Some of their songs are, are bores, like from a band standpoint. I mean, it would be like be fun to hear like Surf Wax USA. You know, maybe some of that stuff. I mean, the Sweater Song would be a real snoozer from a marching band. But so that's why maybe that doesn't go. Um, I want to see <laughs> the Tower of Power <laughs> halftime show. That's that's there my. We go. I want to. I want to see some Oaktown funk. At halftime, the Golden Girl, you know, doing the, the dance team, doing their stuff to what is hip. Like, I, I want to see just some old school North California funk music. And I want to see the Tower of Power halftime show. No, guys are cool. That would be fun. I'm going to give the Homer answer and just say that uh, if, if the university is interested in the Trophy Dads doing a halftime show, Matt Messenger is our contact. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You guys could do one of those things with like the during the wave. You could play a song like during the wave, like they did with that. Yeah. You could figure it out. Can't a be the, that shitty country song that they play. Oh, hey, hey, that, that was Kirk, I, that's Kurt Ferris' my favorite song. Yeah, objectively terrible song. It was. It was. It was really bad. Such a cool thing. Such a cool thing. But I could. I could do it. Even my get those too like oh yeah i'm so glad they've they've changed that and and let those kid captains decide it's pig yeah all right that's that that was that was better than i thought it was as far as the being able to pick our halftime show type type music things <laughs> i uh, like it but what we've learned is uh hey jude sucks and the trophy dads are excellent so that's that's uh so uh, I can live with that. I can live with that. <laughs> so Matt, I did want to, if we were going to name this 12 Saturdays, I really did want to name this 12, this podcast, not as smart as the rest of you dickheads. Uh, Cause I thought people would stop and read that. So at Christmas one year, we were playing a family trivial pursuit game. I was about six or seven years old and uh, I got a question wrong and everybody started laughing and what I did say to the entire family was, sorry, I'm not as smart as the rest of you dickheads. And <laughs> my grandma sent me to the stairs, which at the farm in Pisgah, that was the timeout zone. You didn't want to get sent to the stairs. So <laughs> I got a, I've got a group. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say real quick, I got a group of friends that early on in this podcast thing, we've got a, a text string and and we're known we call it our text group is the CODs and it would be our um podcast name. It would have been a collection of dicks. So <laughs> funny. All right. Well that's gonna do it for us tonight. Uh, again, for trophy dads opening at the Fry Fest. 
a high porch block party at 7 p.m. on September 1st uh, in Coralville there. So get your tickets for Fry Fest and go check out the Trophy Dads. They're free, by the way. They're free. They're free and you can get them at Shields. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Free and you can get them at Shields. Uh, and it's, it'll be a great time and everybody should go check them out. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I've had a blast. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. All right. Episode two in the books. Sweet. Nice. Good night, everybody.